ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Texas Podcast Massacre. I am indeed your host. Tank Rodriguez joined with me is Dirty Dirty Derek. What's up, Dirty Derek? That's right. Happy, happy Halloween! <laughs> <laughs> and of course, we got the Supmaster, Jimothy James Dean. What's up, brother? Sup, sup, sup. What's going on, man? Not much. Just, uh, you know, before we started watching, it was just watching the uh, debate. And, uh, man, am I terrified. Uh, it's going to be an oh. in- interesting next four years, I can say the least. It is the uh, scariest thing I've seen all week, let me in, tell you. So. Indeed. Uh, but that's all I'm going to say about that. Um, I also did watch something else, too, uh, really quick before we, we uh, ask what uh, y'all watched this past week. I saw a trailer sure. today uh, for an Amazon reboot uh, for The Craft. The Craft. Of yeah. the craft legacy. Uh, you know, uh, here's this random picture of Farusa Bulk. <laughs> oh man, let, let, I, 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 I have my reserves about okay. it, especially the okay. end uh, with David Duchovny can't save something, you know. Uh, <laughs> uh, it, it, it just the way it ended, uh, you know. Be careful about those weirdos out there, and they had that cliche line of "We of are the weirdos, Mister." And I, I was. Uh, it had full potential uh, until I saw that. I, I'm very intrigued to see how they uh, they tie it back to the original. I have my early early theories, but I was right about Bill and Ted, so I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this out there. Um, early early uh, fan theory is that uh, that the the main girl with the, sh- the short hair is uh, is Furza uh daughter in some way, shape, or form. Uh, maybe something happened to her mom, and that's her sister, or maybe she was adopted, or whatever the case may be. But um, yeah, that, I think that's the relation gotcha. within there. So who knows? It's maybe they're all descendants of uh, all descendants of the former people. I don't know why they'd stay in that fucking town, though. If you ask me, but <laughs> it's, but hey, yeah. Look, this this is my one thing with it is that. I, I'm, you know, it's it's cool to not go stereotypical with things or go for the obvious, but uh, the four girls, like it's at least in the '90s version, which at the time the '90s looked at like post real goth, which is like '80s mm-hmm. goth, but like that like sort of alt girl version of goth. Yeah, uh, that you know they had that going at the time, and you know like Fruza Bulk had that look, but they all still felt cohesive amongst each other. This yeah. one, they just feel like four separate people. The other thing is, right now is the perfect time to sort of ape that modern sort of like girl who listens to a lot of uh, Fleetwood Mac and thinks she's a witch and does crystals. Like that L- sort of L7 like, is the best yeah. punk band around. <laughs> but That's like, I, and I got you said does crystals and not does crystal because there's a yeah. big difference there. <laughs> no, I would I mean, watch. <laughs> Look, man, that's a that's a whole different type of. Uh, that's oh not, man, that's, that's not Stevie Nicks, man. That's a that's that's Lita Ford. That's right. I hey now, I mean, yeah, I love Lita Ford. <laughs> so, yeah, I do want to talk about a different uh, trailer though, real quick. If that's yeah, late on me. Have you guys seen the trailer for the movie Unhinged with Russell Crowe? Oh yeah, I yeah, I have. Uh, man, it's interesting. Do, do you think? Yeah, they, man. Do you think they made him put on weight for that movie, or do you think that's just no? Uh, spent, no, <laughs> no <even chubby. laughs> I, I don't think they made him put on weight, and I don't think they had to teach him how to be angry. Oh, no, man. If, that, if that role was not typecast for for uh, Russell Crowe, I don't know what was. Maximus um, has really gone downhill. Let me just say, ladies and gentlemen. 
I will say that, uh, you know, it, it seems like, you know, they, it looks good. Like I said, it looks like I, it's another, like, you know, sort of just, you know, real based quote unquote horror, like a thriller where it's like, you know, uh, they feel like real human beings. Like I said, they, uh, Russell Crowe looks like he's just playing, playing a, the stereotypical kind of like angry white guy, but you know who, uh, like at first, like I said, he's going through some shit. So he's going to be maybe a little bit more relatable than just the normal, like sort of uh, mindless, you know, lunatic. Um, but I also like how the mom isn't like, she seems like she's also dealing with her own anger issues. And like, uh, so I don't know. It'll be interesting. I, I I've said before, Russell Crowe is somebody who's hit or miss with me. Um, you know, in some things he's great. Like in uh, the nice guys, he's great. And other things I feel like, he sort of, I don't know, he just doesn't click with me. And but he you watch Tom, Tom Cruise, The Mummies, and he's Jekyll and Hyde, and that doesn't click <laughs> with me. So See, I never saw that Tom Cruise. Is he yeah, Jekyll? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, he's Jekyll and Hyde. Um, I will say I, I, I heard good things about it, so I heard it was getting some pretty decent like nods uh, of being a good thriller. Nothing will ever replace, totally different podcast, but... Nothing will ever replace falling down with Michael Douglas, uh, my all-time favorite oh, angry man. white guy, white guy movie. Um, in my in my opinion, we could talk about that on uh, on Going Commando, but um, uh, movies where people just snap. <laughs> but love that movie. that's so a good. yeah, I love that movie. That's that, that's always a good one. Um, I, I did also see a trailer for uh, a movie today that I was going to bring up. So this is a good good segue into trailers. Um, I saw a trailer for uh, Vampires in the Vampires versus the Bronx. Have you guys seen this? I have not. No. It is a. Uh, it's a. It's a kind of a. It's a Netflix original, but it's a kind of. It's a little bit of like Attack the Block versus like uh, Vampires. Um, so it's, uh, vampires are taking over like a gentrified area of the Bronx, and like people are going missing, but nobody cares because it's the Bronx, and it's about a bunch of kitten kids. Um, very has a little bit of like a lost boy boys slash monster squad vibe uh, that are trying to like clean up the neighborhood and uh, and take on these vampires. And ironically uh, enough, I think all the vampires are white guys, which are kind of funny too. Um, but yeah, it, look, it looked pretty good. It looks like there's some decent action in it, and uh, look like the the cast is pretty good. A uh, couple couple recognizable faces in there. I think uh, want to say Method Man's in there too. Like plays one of the one of the people in the Bronx. So. I was like, well, you know, can't, can't go wrong with a little Method Man, in my opinion. But uh, it's like Method Man or Red Man. I can't remember. I always get this. I know who they are, but I can't remember which one it is. So, but yeah, that was a, that was a good one uh, that I saw the other day. And of course, I think we talked about it on the last podcast, but the uh, the werewolf movie that's coming out too uh, about the small town sheriff. I'm trying to think of the name of it, but yeah, what was what is? Typically, you talked about you talked about it last not that long ago. Hold on. What is the name of it, though? I have no fucking clue. Is that also oh, uh, it's, it's it's a uh, the Wolf of uh, Snow Hollow. Is that right? Without yeah, Robert Forrester. Oh, that's right. Yes, yes, yes. It's his last movie. That's right. Yeah, yes. I totally forgot he was good too. Is that the name? Oh, I forgot. That name is yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. You're right. Yeah, and it, one, Robert Forrester is amazing. And then two, like, we haven't had a good werewolf movie in a long time. So, uh, no, it looks pretty good too. Cause it's kind of like, is it a werewolf or is that the kind of the cop who thinks it's a werewolf kind of going in insane? Um, funny enough, too, Jimmy D, I don't know if you know this or not, but today, uh, Bloody Disgusting actually came out with their own movie, horror movie streaming app for free. 
Really? Yeah, you can get it on the Roku and I think like another platform, but it's uh, just free horror movies. There's no no cost to it. So I gotta I gotta download it and check it out. But I thought you I thought you might appreciate. I'll that. check it out. The thing is, like, if you know, it's a lo- uh, it's just bloody disgusting. Okay. Like the website they have their own. I don't I don't know if they actually name of the app or not, but um, yeah. The thing is, I was gonna say with all a lot of those, like whether it's Tubi or a lot of those, um, they because they're all either like yeah. It's a lot of the same movies because exactly. they're all like free content, but I still like checking out. Oh, one more yeah. uh, trailer I saw too today, which I'm super excited about, is the uh, documentary Wolfman's Got Nards. Yes. Yeah. Uh, super stoked for that. I mean, I, I love Monster Squad anyways, and, and obviously I know you do too. Um, but I thought the trailer, yeah, the the, uh, the trailer looked fun. I'm really excited to, to kind of check it out and see the kind of the backstory about the monster squad. They got some great interviews in there. Um, I will say the, uh, <laughs> I was watching it and I was like, trying to picture there, there was a guy in there with kind of like silver hair and he had glasses. And I'm like, who was, who was that character? And it was the cool biker guy, for the cool, yep. uh, you know, kid on the, on the Rudy. bicycle, Rudy. And I was like, Whoa, that's Rudy. Like, man, I'm fucking old. <laughs> That's right. That's I love that. I I love the documentary. The uh, you're so cool, Brewster. Oh, like, I love that movie. I love that documentary too. That's a great one about Tom Holland's Fright Night. Yeah, any one of those well. movies that like, you know, uh, it's like just a documentary about one movie in its fandom. I'll, I'll I mean, that's yeah. like that's like. And I and I love honestly. I would just give Tom Holland credit. Yeah, Tom Holland. I love listening to Tom Holland talk like about his about his movies. He's just such a great like energetic like filmmaker. Um, he's so passionate about the things that he loves. But I love hearing him talk about Friday. I mean, I can watch that all day. Um, and, and the one thing I was really surprised at in watching that documentary though is, uh, man, I just feel bad for for. Uh, for the guy with Evil Ed, man, he just did not go anywhere after that. And he was so typecast and he had to do porn. And he's and bitter. And he's bitter too. He is he, he hates when people ask him to do the the, the laugh and oh, you know yeah. he definitely um, felt like I think he felt like he was gonna be like Matthew Broderick and he ended up just being like typecast as like you know, a ho- a guy for, who did a few horror movies or whatever, but it would be oh, grateful, yeah. man. Be grateful that people know who you are, enjoy your work. But I mean, yeah, man. I mean, I look look at the guy. Look, Mark. Look at Mark Patton from uh from uh, Elm right, Street right, too, right. man. That's yeah. I mean, right. he, that's a that's a that's a guy that like didn't really embrace his his stereotype and role until like much later on in life. Like, but man, it's still time. Stephen Jeffries, bring it back. I love Evil Ed, and uh, I, would, I would I would pay to see a Friday Three with Evil Ed. That's a bad guy. So. Awesome. Well, how about we can segue into what y'all, I mean, I know we talked a lot about trailers, but what did y'all watch this past week, guys, or these past two weeks? Oh, man. Um, tons. Tons. I, I would say that I've been I've been really heavy into watching some of the, uh, just like some of the classics and gear up for uh, for Halloween. And I'm really on a kick to uh, to watch all the Phantasm movies. And I realized I actually hadn't seen them all, um, including the last one, Phantasm Ravager. And uh, I'll just say, first and foremost, that Reggie Bannister is a fucking badass. Yeah, like, dude. he's the one guy that, like, you would never think of watching that first movie, um, that he would be <laughs> this, like, this badass throughout the entire franchise. But, man, like, he just kicks, he just kicks a lot of ass. Um, so I, uh, I I really appreciated it. And I really loved I forgot how much I loved the Phantasm movies and just the uh, – 
the story arcs. Um, just such a good, good series. R.I.P. Angerstrom. Um, yeah. I, I'm really glad that they never. I, I heard there was rumors a while back that they wanted to do another one, just like just CGI him. And and man, I, I'm just so glad they never did that. I think it would just be a, such a disrespect to uh, to him and all the work he did creating a tall man um, as a as like an icon. Um, yeah, he's absolutely. a very under underrated icon, might I might I add, because he is a he he is also a horror movie badass, and uh, you know those those spheres too are uh, are pretty wild. So, um, That's funny because uh, Phantasm will be brought up again on tonight's podcast. <laughs> oh, very very cool. All right, I will. I'm I'm excited to see uh to see where you where you place that in the, the grand scheme of things. But yeah, uh, as far as uh, did you watch anything new or anything else, Derek? You wanted to talk about. No, I mean those are the big ones. I, I really just have been uh, a lot of the same ones uh, that that we've kind of talked about uh, numerous times. I watched the original Ghoulies again, um, which is great. Watched some Critters, um, just some of the staples that I, I like. I like to do in preparation of the uh, the Halloween season. Um, and there was, you know, I did I did watch a movie two weeks ago. I mentioned this on a uh, Going Commander podcast. Um, with Randy Couture, uh, called the, uh, called the row. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. It, it is on Hulu. It is, uh, you know what? It's not high production value. Number one. Okay. You could tell right from the get go. Um, says you're very low production value and really terrible lines. But the one thing I'm going to say spoiler on this, the one thing that really just fucking aggravated me at the very end of the movie is not, not how shitty it was. It was the fact that this killer in this movie who looks very young um, is like avenging the death of his sister who was in the same story as the young protagonist's mom and Randy Couture's wife. And I'm like, wait a minute, dude, like how, what are you like six, like avenging your sister's death. But he tells this whole elaborate story about how he, his sister called him and he came running down and, and it was right before she killed herself due to some hazing rituals. And I was like, Whoa, like, whoa. Like either one, you have a terrible sister who call their six year old sibling, or like you're way older and look better like than I, I originally thought. But I was like, man, where's the fucking continuity in this? Um, <laughs> yeah, I followed that up with uh, with also Sorority Row. <laughs> uh, shortly after that, I just see some background noise, and uh, I, I will say that was a much a far better uh, uh, slasher than than just the row. So there you go. All right, uh, what did you watch, Jimmy? So I've been rewatching a ton, like uh, same as you. Uh, one thing I was doing was that I was trying to watch, um, rewatch a lot of the '90s, mid '90s uh, horror films that uh, were never necessarily my favorites, but you know, um, I saw but haven't revisited much, including the uh, Urban Legends films. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes, oh, man. Uh, and obviously, I know what you did last summer. Um, uh, I rewatched Final Cut. Oh man, that movie is something else with that uh, that ending, which is so like. <laughs> oh you know, I was I was so surprised uh, at that ending too that they 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 brought back uh, you know Re- Rebecca uh, Gayhart as 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 the, as the cameo, and then you yeah. branch off to the third one. Did you watch the third one? No, as I well didn't. Oh, I totally veers off course, like. Uh, where where it has nothing to do with the first two, and uh, yeah, I I don't mind the second one as much. Um, 
it's just all, all the pretentious, you know, Anthony Edwards uh, is in there. So he's always a funny guy. And the other guy that is, is his buddy in that movie as well. And Joey Lawrence. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I like the first one, but. Well, cool. So, but, oh, but yeah. real quick. Oh, yeah. Is on? yeah. Um, good deal. But I watch new. So I try to, with this podcast, I, I try to make sure that I watch something new that I can talk about. So I did watch three, um, and I enjoyed all of them. Although technically, I'll talk about uh, in the Invisible Man, the remake of the Invisible Man first, because I still have about fifteen minutes left in the movie. I actually stopped watching it to come record this podcast. Um, but it's it's really good. I think you know it got really good reviews, and it's for a reason. I actually miss horror of this kind, where it's very capably written, very capably acted, and it's smart. Like, the situations and, like, you know, playing with, like, off of, like, paranoia and idea that you people think you're crazy and all these things. Uh, They do some really smart stuff with it, and, you know, uh, it's genuinely pretty unnerving, and, like, you you know, it's you can feel her frustration, her, like, you know, uh, desperation to get people to believe her, and also, like, the terror of being stalked by an abusive uh, ex who happens to be uh, invisible. So that's really, that was really good. But again, I haven't seen the last 15 minutes. So I might go to shit in the last 15. Um, I watched, uh, I, don't, I, don't, I think you'll like the last 15. I'm hoping. Um, I watched uh, the color out of space, which I really enjoyed. Of course, Richard Stanley is an amazing director. Even if you just lo- look at the movie, it's incredible, but it's genuinely very creepy, very gross. Um, there's some weird humor in it, which Richard, Richard Stanley isn't known. That That's not really what he's known for, but he always includes some very sly humor in it. Um, you know, it's, it feels the most authentic to the overall vibe of a Lovecraft movie. In fact, I didn't. I knew that the, the 80s movie The Curse was based off of it, and I knew that Die, Monster, Die, an old 50s horror movie, was based off of it. But I didn't know there was two other movies based off of the same story. One called Color Out of Dark, which came out in the early 2000s. And then a, a German movie called Color Out of Space that came out in 2010, which looks very interesting. Very much, It's a black and white, which I think was actually a pretty smart decision. Because even though I think what Richard Stanley did with like, per, like kind of just showing these weird unearthly colors that you we can't really see but he made up for that with, with the colors he did cho- choose and the way that he like it it's a great looking movie anyways but the black and white german one looks pretty interesting more like art house film um but i i'm interested to see it now um but i also watched this movie called spiral which is a shutter original um which i enjoyed i i didn't think i was gonna like it um but i i did um it's not a perfect movie but uh, for those of you that haven't seen it, it's just it's the story of these, um, the this this these two guys and uh, one of the guys. It, so it's this guy and his daughter, and then the guy's new boyfriend, um, and they're they're going out to uh, this small town, I think in Pennsylvania, um, to start a new life, and the the guys. So the dad's new boyfriend, um, uh, you know, and, you know, everybody seems 
uh, weird, like, except for their neighbors who are overly friendly when everybody else in this town is very much like, stay away from me. Um, I'm not going to spoil anything, but it, 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 it goes in kind of expected places, but at the same time, they handle it well. Um, the, the writing is pretty solid. The acting is pretty solid. Um, you know, it, it does something very interesting at the end, which I didn't necessarily see coming, but the overall sort of where the story goes, you're like, yeah, I see where this is going. And it touches upon some, you know, relevant, you know, social issues and stuff. And, uh, but it was really, but it, but it was, it was much better than I thought it was. And it would definitely be a movie I would recommend to people. Uh, you know, like I said, it's not, it's not necessarily going to win any awards as far as the overall film itself, but they do a few things really well. And like I said, the intro, the very, the, ending ending was very like oh interesting okay didn't see that coming but cool so uh yeah it's in shutter so i would recommend that oh very cool i i saw previous for it i've been meaning to check it out so i thought i'd check it out this weekend so i will definitely uh definitely watch that awesome. i think you'll dig it also real quick i feel like real quick mentioning that uh veronica is sitting at a two uh was it is it skulls? I can't remember. Two whatever their their rating system is on Shutter. Two it's skulls, I think. Anyways, it's sitting out of two out of five, which I think is still one more skull than it deserves. But <laughs> the majority of people uh, are in our same uh, camp of this is the worst thing ever seen. So even all the Danzig fans and Misfits fans out there, uh, I also apparently have some enough common sense to give it a, a, a valid rating. I almost had you in a post the other day on Facebook where somebody was like. Wow, I mean, dancing is awesome, but this movie is like even awesomer. And I was like, "Don't <laughs> stop following." Yeah, do <laughs> um, That's awesome. What do you have a quick, quick shout, shout out? Some horror movie news today too. I don't know if you guys read about uh, the actress from the original Ringu, uh, uh, Yuko uh, Takachi, uh, had passed away at the age of forty. So R.I.P. Uh, oh, R.I.P. You know, to, to her, um, I think the, the unfortunately, uh, circumstances around her, her passing are, are unknown at this time. But uh, read that today, and it, it was a little sad because I was like, I like the original Ringu. And, yeah. uh, it's thought, literally thought on my list to rewatch all of the Ringu Ring films. So, are you going to watch the uh, the Ring versus the uh, I'm like watch every single one versus the Grudge? Yep. Whatever. Yeah. It's suck. So yeah. Whatever. The two characters' names. Yes. I'm gonna <laughs> right. watch them all. So. Well, I was also reading today that uh, that there's uh, Robert Englund has his own coffee. I don't know if you guys know this or not. Yeah. Uh, yes, Dead Sled Coffee has a uh, Robert Englund Nightmare Blend. Oh. And I'm like, I have to, I have to get me some of that. So. That does sound good. After yeah. a, a night of uh, uh, of horror binging, you wake up with a nice fresh of uh, what is it called? Death coffee. Uh, it's called uh, Dead Sled. Uh, Dead Sled Coffee. Dead Sled Coffee with Robert Englund's Nightmare uh, Nightmare Blind. Nice. Nightmare. Well, speaking, uh, speaking of uh, you know Robert England and Halloween, we are continuing our list here uh, to movies to, movies to watch uh, to gear up for Halloween or during the <laughs> Halloween season, and uh, we are working on numbers six through ten, and I'm very excited about it. Uh, but yeah, how do y'all want to kick this one off? Uh, you know, we can, uh, remember who went last time, but it doesn't matter to me. Well, it doesn't matter to me either. Uh, yes, so Jimmy, you, you yeah. can go, you can go first. All right, let's do it. So number six, which is slasher, uh, non, uh, supernatural. So, um, that would rule out films like 
Nightmare on Elm Street, uh, Wishmaster, uh, things of that nature. Um, even honestly, it ruled out uh, Friday the 13th for me because, I mean, by the end of the series, he's a demon. So I don't, I don't even give a shit if, if you say, number one, that franchise is still supernatural as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> uh, so this was the hardest one of all of them. So uh, of all of the genres for tonight, um, this was the one that I struggled with the most just because slashers in, for me are inherently Halloween-ish. I, I think that's just based off of my childhood. For a lot of people, it might have been universal horror. For some others, it you know it might have been uh, you know the Richard Corman AIP kind of films. But for me, it was eighty slashers were were my holly were my childhood. Um, but so I went with the one that to me really felt like Halloween for me out of the slashers, which is very fun, scary, kind of spooky, but you know, ultimately just kind of fun. And uh, that for me went with Toby Hooper's Funhouse. Um, nice. I think for a lot of reasons. Uh, I think, you know, it takes place. I don't, I don't think it takes place during Halloween specifically, but, you know, they go to a haunt, like a carnival and there's like a haunted house attraction. And um, now let me also say some people are like, what? That's the supernatural. No, no. Uh, he, the uh, killer's deformed. Uh, he is grossly deformed into a, to a state that's very monstrous, but he is not supernatural in any way. He's not a monster. He's not a demon. He's just an ugly inbred psychopath um, with anger control issues. Um, But the movie's so fun. Like, um, you know, um, it has a lot of like uh, 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 homages in it. Like there's definitely homages to Psycho and maybe even the, the, like, uh, you know, you can definitely tell that, um, that uh, Toby Hooper was having fun with it. Um, but it's very sleazy feeling. It's very gross feeling. Um, it's very, uh, you know, uh, grimy feeling, but, but in a way that's actually fun in, as opposed to like, say Texas Chainsaw, which is gross and grimy, but almost exhausting. Cause it's so like, uh, you know, it's, it's so real and gritty. Yeah, uh, this is more, this is more like an EC comic style, like a uh, 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 grimy, um, but I, I like it. I mean, it's just a really fun, um, tr- classic traditional slasher. I think was it eighty one that came uh, out eighty one. Yeah, eighty one. Yeah, eighty one. Yep. So, um, you know, very early slasher. Um, and again, this is a sl- you could have gone. I could have gone anywhere with slashers. Uh, I obviously could have put in. Uh, the original Halloween, even though, again, by the end of that series, there's also supernatural elements. Uh, but um, I wanted one that was like, to me, you know, was one that every time I see it, I'm like, oh, I should watch Funhouse this year. And kind of like really stood out for me as, as far as something to watch during Halloween. But I think it's a it's a it's one of the the uh, the genres that, you know, really there's so many great ones to choose. It is. Uh, totally agree. Great pick. Uh, I think Toby Hooper does just amazing work anyways. Um, I know when you said Toby Hooper, I thought you were going to say the Toolbox Murders. Um, Which I do like, but... Yeah. Yeah, Funhouse, way, way, be- way better. Like, yeah, this was super hard. Uh, there's a lot of really great slashers. So, like, the first few that trickled through my brain uh, when I was thinking about this were, like, things like uh, The Burning... Um, Everybody knows I'm a huge screen fan, so that's always that's always a great, uh, great like a little more modern slasher. Um, so we talked about Urban Legends. Um, you know, we you have the, the um, you know Maniac. Um, there's a lot of really good ones out there. I think the one that I, I think I, I really enjoy watching 
Uh, personally, it's a little more modern, uh, but definitely a, uh, a very from the collection, uh, collector collection series. Um, I always find these traps like way more elaborate than like Jigsaw and uh, yeah, just just a great, uh, he's very meticulous in his kills, but he's he's a slasher, but he's also like, he's he, I think he's uh, much more ruthless uh, in a lot of ways, but always a fun watch for me. Um, I, I like uh, Josh Stewart who, who plays uh, Arkin in both of the movies. I'm very excited actually. Uh, about the third one to come out uh, in the series of Collected. Um, yeah, so that's kind of the, the concluding like chapter of the trilogy. Um, yeah, I just, you know, it's, it's one that, uh, again, really super hard because there's so many great slashers that are out there. And, and you're right, very iconic with the holidays, holiday season for Halloween. It's hard to really just pick one, but that's that's one I tend to, tend to gravitate towards um, that's not supernatural this time of year. Uh, though obviously the burning comes in a, in a close second, uh, some great great kills in that movie as well, and and I do like that killer. So, yes, uh, and that's the thing is it's funny because uh, you know I almost I I kind of even though again we've vocalized that I'm not necessarily the biggest fan of the Scream franchise, <laughs> I do think uh, even though I don't hate it, I just feel like there's good entries and bad entries, and um, but uh, the original for the first Scream for me is very much a like almost like a Halloween like classic at this point. Like it's it yeah. feels like Halloween. It takes that small town autumn vibe. Like there's you know there's a lot of uh, things. But the collector is one of those films that I, doesn't pop up on my radar. Like oh, when I think about these lists, but it, I do think is one of the more capable of the modern horror franchises. Um, uh, I remember yeah. somebody was like, oh you you like a. Uh, he's like somebody recommended me like oh you should watch the collect the the collector and chrome skull or whatever laid to rest oh. and i was like <laughs> i don't know man if you recommending laid to rest i don't know if i can take your judgment but i end up liking the collector yeah i think i think the one thing i liked about i like about the collector is that um unlike a lot of modern horror movies it doesn't get tagged or bogged down in the backstory um actually you don't you know nothing until the second one really about even any of the history of the collector and even then it still doesn't explain a lot just kind of gives you a little bit of insight into like maybe who he potentially could be. Um, so I, I think that's what's really cool for me because it's very much like, you know, the Halloween, uh, for example, like there's not really a whole lot. I mean, you know, Michael Myers is a uh, boy and kills a sister and that's really the extent, you don't you don't dive too deep into details until you get like way further on in the, in the series and they, they try to, or Rob Zombie's version where they try to give you a lot of like, uh, like context and backstory on it. So I, I think that's the other thing that I really like about it. It's just not, it's the element of like, this guy's just fucked up. That's fucked up stuff. So for real, I guess it's my turn to do yeah. a supernatural sl slasher. Uh, <laughs> so I went with phantasm. Uh, oh, nice. Yeah. So, I mean, Fan I've said this before on this podcast, phantasm is one of my, it's like, there was a few movies I always felt like were my movies, like movies that like my friends weren't into or didn't care about as much. Uh, films like the Maniac Cop series, specifically Maniac Cop Two, and I always felt like the Phantasm was like I loved it since I was a kid. It it stayed with me as a little kid. I still remember the first time I watched it, where I was, how I felt. Um, to me, I think the Tall Man's one of the greatest, most underappreciated film ghouls of all time. He's genuinely creepy without having to need like you know. Um, 
all this extra makeup. I mean, you know, obviously, you know, they, they play with his, his, uh, look a little bit, but you know, he's, he's just genuinely just the, it was all in performance and his voice. And, um, and also too, having met Angus scrim in real life, like he's such a nice guy, like such a, uh, gentlemanly dude, like hearing him talk to his fans is like, he just seems like the sweetest. He seemed like the sweetest guy. So just having that, that, uh, dichotomy there, that juxtaposition of who he is as a person and the, the character he played. But the first one is just so dreamlike and perfect for that period of the late seventies. And, um, you know, it's, it just, and the thing is it feels so creepy. I love it. And to me, it's one of those movies that feels like Halloween just because of, uh, the overall vibe of it, you know, and, and in the, the graveyards and in that really interestingly designed funeral home, uh, both the beautiful exterior and then the weird, very weird interior, that very mm-hmm. stark, uh, interior. But, um, I just love it. I love everything about it. I love the, you know, kind of inept acting from, you know, uh, uh, you know, even Reggie Bannister, he was an untrained actor, but he's so charismatic and so weirdly charismatic. It's so funny that he's only in that movie because his friend wanted to give him a role. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> in the movie. In fact, I still, I'm still bummed that Cosarelli wanted to do, there was another Joe R. Lansdale story besides Bobo Hotep that he wanted to make. And uh, it, he wanted it to be uh, Bruce Campbell and Reggie Bannister, which I think oh. would be, that would have been too cool. I don't think we could have lived through that much cool. Uh, oh, it's way too cool for us. I think. Yeah. But so, but yeah, I, for me, Phantasm is, is one of my all time go-tos. And uh, to me, like I said, there's something about it to me that feels like the, I don't know, maybe because again, I'm relating it to personal experience, but that's what movies are a personal experience. So yeah. I think that's a valid reason as any, but yeah, I went with Phantasm. It's all time fape. Yeah, no, good, good call out. I, again, I, I, having just watched it, just, always every time i watch it i always just get this fond like this warm and fuzzy feeling of like uh fond appreciation for the series itself like honestly like even as it goes down the line and they they kind of became more direct video like i still like them all like there really wasn't many that i, I didn't i didn't like you know you kind of get a more of the a little bit more of the sci-fi element um yep. in future ones but still very i, I think it's just a very cool movie and great characters um that you really truly like you care about the three of those guys, right? Yep. Like in that movie, um, and they obviously they have one main villain, which is the tall man. Uh, but then you also have, like I said, there's like the cool elements of like the the spheres, and then the dwarves. Those little uh, those know, creep me out the most, man. Honestly, yeah, like even to this day, like just uh, just you know, the, you know the, the, the corpses and um, taking people and, and condensing them down into those little like <laughs> I'm like oh, I just yeah, just the, the thought alone, like. Would uh, that movie, that movie is like it's there's no way that movie wasn't fueled by marijuana um but oh, yeah. uh, all the better for it so but yes hey, yeah, I'll, you, I'll, I'll, I'll take it this was again an, a really hard one because it's hard not to navigate towards the staples right like you talk about nightmare on elm street we talk about friday 13th we talk about halloween and even though it's like halloween and nightmare on elm street and uh halloween and friday the 13th they maybe didn't start off as the the typical supernatural uh, slasher they eventually evolved to that point um you know obviously there's some more like mainstream ones that are not supernatural like leatherface and whatnot but you have chucky and um but one that always <laughs> always is fun for me um I, it's always my go-to and it was i think it's another one to your point like james when you're growing up and you have these movies and you go to the video store and you're like looking through all the horror movies that are in the aisle and you're trying to think of one like there's 
everybody just has their go-tos of like there's nothing else there so i'm gonna go with this one and mine actually when i was younger was uh was uh west craven shocker so uh we talked about it before but um to me like the the character of horace pinker was obviously very over the top um Mitch, Mitch Pogrini plays him, uh, obviously played on the X-Files as well. Uh, very uh, against type of his normal role. So you see him in like a law enforcement or like government officer. Um, he's just, just a bad foul model, like serial killer. And then you have this whole supernatural element of like, you know, praying to the devil and selling his soul and like getting into the, uh, getting into the airways. It's always a movie that every time I watch it, I'm like, man, I just wish they, they would do a sequel to this. Like, have somebody find that VHS recorder and like pick it up and like people go retro nowadays and like unleash Horace Pinker in the world. And with the whole thing of like the internet now, like where would he go? He'd be so, I mean, I can imagine him running around YouTube, killing people. I mean, that'd be great. I, I mean, um, so my, it always, I was like movies that make my mind like go like, wow, like what if, or kind of give you those, those Halloween, uh, you know, feelings and nostalgia. This, this one is one for me and obviously very supernatural against again against type there's only one movie it's not a series um but also one that's like very overrated um one of the few movies you will ever see peter bergen as a main protagonist as mm -hmm. well um with his weird accent um love you peter berg but um yeah i ever I, I hear you say da da like <laughs> kills, kills me every time makes me laugh even if it's not a comedy so um yeah, shocker, shocker, is, shocker is my my one. I, I appreciate Wes Craven for branching off and trying to do something different that's not Freddy, uh, but having some of those elements in there. There's a few movies which I, I in my brain, I delegate as Derek movies, and Shocker's got to be in the top <laughs> three. For movies, when I think of them now, I think of you. Oh, thanks, man. I, I appreciate that. And, and the same goes for you. There's actually a movie that's on my list tonight that I immediately, like my brain, will, that's, that's, a, that's a James movie. So. All right, well, now I'm curious to see what it is. All right, well, you'll find, find out. So the next one, uh, number eight, is Monster Movies. And uh, again, this was a hard one for me just because, I mean, monsters are my favorite thing on Earth. Like, uh, you know, and ho horror movies, especially Halloween horror movies, if there's a ton. I mean, you could go all kinds of directions with it. Um, but if I was being honest, and even though this is probably a very obvious choice, uh, I feel like this movie... Uh, especially if you visit my home now, like you'll see the importance of this movie, but it's a movie I feel like must be watched every Halloween going back to my childhood and that Gabby and I both really enjoy. Uh, and it's the uh, creature from the black lagoon, man. Like I don't, I mean, first off, like, you know, I, I knew number one, I knew that was going to appear on your list and I didn't know if it was going to be on the monster or a black and white one. Uh, I, I, yeah. I, I mean, it, I, what actually sold it for me for uh, to be on my list is that, you know, there's definitely a lot of universal horror and horror of the time that felt more Halloween-y, because this is a movie that takes place, you know, in bright sunlight in the Amazon, you know, in water. It doesn't really feel necessarily feel like Halloween per se, but it's the most beautifully, most elegantly designed monster makeup of all time, and and it's such a beautiful movie. That's the thing is, it's it's actually unbelievable what they did with this movie with the the all the the set and the filming underwater sequences and. Um, 
you know, Beauty and the Beast almost element to Creature from the Black Lagoon. And um, it's just, it's a beautiful movie. And I, I think, because again, even as a kid, I was obsessed with Creature of the Black Lagoon. Um, Remco, um, the, there's, there used to be this old toy line, uh, the Remco. And me and my two brothers, The, the Wolfman was his guy. And for me, it was always the creature. So uh, I went with it because I think it's like, to me, it's it's my childhood. And it's, you know, it, it's outside. Stuff was all great for a reason. Um, and all those are iconic characters, iconically designed monsters. And, you know, most of his films uh, were were great good if not great um but to me i still think there's something about creature of the black lagoon that just elevates it a little bit higher and it, i think as it goes against the type of like the traditional spooky gothic you know hammer or excuse me um universal horror that they were doing at the time and in, in horror of the 30s 40s and, and uh 50s so creature of the black lagoon is my choice for creature feature that must be watched during halloween could not uh, could not agree more uh yeah i i definitely um I think it's a it's a classic. Like I think that's even when I thought of like black and white movies, like my mind automatically went to some of the classic like monster movies uh, as well. And actually, I guess you could say my my pick is no one maybe think of you. Actually, both uh, we'll say this one more than my other my other pick because um, monster movies are awesome, and there's so many different types of monster movies that are out there. But the one that always pops into my mind it, to me is the most terrifying creature of all uh, as a kid was just the blob and you could take your pick of the original like uh 1950s version or the uh the kevin dylan in his weird hair haircut uh weird weird everything uh 80s version but yeah i mean to me it's like it's uh just such a classic monster and um like that whole movie theater scene in, in either one of the films always always got me as a kid but this is such like a blob that just it just it consumes everything and that to me was always like terrifying it's like how do you run from something that can go down drains and like grow and consume and um it was just you know it's kind of was this unstoppable to me it was always like this unstoppable force like i look at like dracula i look at the wolfman i look at frankenstein they all kind of have their their kind of quote-unquote like kryptonite but the blob was always one that was like you not as very. What do you do? Like, right? If it like, if it like, blob landed on Earth. Like, what do you? What? Do, what would you do? And that's there. It's not a person. It's just an entity. And um, so that to me was always like a very, uh, very awesome yet scary concept as, as growing up. And uh, yeah, just I personally just love the blob. And to me, it's it's always a fun monster movie this time of year. Um, I will I will agree wholeheartedly. My, my close run after that to me was was Frankenstein. Um, I love the original Frankenstein. Um, I always, always kind of felt really bad for Frankenstein growing up watching Frankenstein. I was like, Oh, he's just poor Frankenstein. It's just always misunderstood. Like everybody was like signing with the villagers. And I was like, just wanted to hide Frankenstein out of my, my house and keep him safe. Um, but yeah, definitely the blob for me. Yeah. I feel like I, I definitely, uh, as a kid, my mom was a big fan of the blob. Um, and I remember the first time, like when I would see like, you know, clips of it i'd be like that's so goofy looking but then when you actually watch it, even the original the blob which is still pretty goofy uh for the exact reason that you said like how do you stop this thing like you can't shoot it like what do you do like uh you know which you know 
it's pretty creepy. And like, even going on to like, you know, the gelatinous cubes in D and D, like it's a terrifying thing to think of this, like, you know, formless, spineless, you know, like thing that just, just devours a, everything. Yeah, just a morphous blob that's in the blobs, you know, vein gets bigger as it eats. So, yeah, it's a great, that's a good choice. I wouldn't have been one that came to mind immediately, but, and again, if you say the original 50s blob, I start thinking about Halloween. So, there you go. Yeah. That's a good choice. Perfect, man. What about your, uh, your next one, Black and White Horror? So for black and white, I think this is probably the one that's on my list that's probably the most unexpected. Um, there's a lot. I mean, again, I could have cho- chosen a lot. In fact, um, one movie that ca- kind of came to mind was the movie uh, Eyes Without a Face, the French movie from the 60s, because um, it's so well done. But I went with the black cat. Um, and for many reasons. First off, I mean, it's the first time on screen that you had both Bela Lugosi and excuse me, and um, uh, Karloff on the same screen together. And it, first off, it's still to this day, the most truly upsetting and unnerving film that Universal put out at that point. Um, They were really doing some very dark, twisted shit in this movie um, for 19, whatever, 34 or whatever it was. Um, You know, and again, kind of going back to a different point I made earlier, um, it goes, you say hammer or I keep saying hammer horror. If you say, if you say universal horror, people think of dark castles. They think of, you know, uh, you know, bats and cobwebs and stuff. This movie wasn't that it was, it was, even though, you know, it was contemporary at the time. Uh, it was a contemporary movie set in a contemporary, uh, time frame. Um, you know, uh, Karloff's character's house isn't a goo- spooky gothic castle. It's a beautiful, uh, art new or uh, art deco, very modern for the time home with stark metal and you know almost like a minimalist thing to it. But the story is just so creepy. Um, you know, Karloff is, I mean, one of the most truly creepy on-screen characters ever in this movie. Um, and it was cool because Karloff and Belagosi kind of switch roles. Like, you know, in this Belagosi, while he does some terrible things at the end of the movie, you he's you know, you feel like he's justified because of the great injustices that Karloff's character has done against him and his family. Um, but, you know, Karloff is usually the one that was playing the sort of more sympathetic monsters, the Imateps and the, you know, obviously Frankenstein, people that were a little bit more human, um, where, you know, Bela Lugosi was used to playing mad scientists and Dracula and guys who didn't weren't as redeeming. But in this, they sort of switch roles into a, a great effect, Um you know, it's definitely the most human uh, role that Bela Lugosi is really well known for. Um, but yeah, just, I mean, the whole ending with, um, I mean, spoiler it's for a movie that's like 90 years old. But, uh, you know, uh, Bela Lugosi basically gets his revenge on Karloff's character by skidding him alive. And while obviously in 1934 they're not going to show it, they show it in silhouette. And it's just as creepy as if they showed it. And, you know, the whole the, the movie's very like almost, you know, German expressionistic cause it's kind of nonlinear and they don't give you like, you have to fill in a lot of the blanks yourself. And there's a lot of ambiguous uh, stuff to it. Um, in fact, there's a lot of interesting theories about what it actually means and stuff, but it's one of those movies that's just so truly dark uh, and very creepy. Um, while you think Halloween is, you know, you know, vampires and monsters, I mean, for me, it's just this movie is so goes to very, such dark places and it's such a, you know, and there's dead women in glass 
coffins and there's you know satan worship and all this crazy shit in it but ultimately it's just it's the story of between two two men one who two guys who used to be best friends and one man who is a good man but has so much evil done to him that he forces him to do something evil and i just think it's such a great movie and, and a really under appreciated in the realm of modern horror. Um, Cause you know, even at this point, I think a lot of people haven't seen Bride of Frankenstein, you know, the original invisible man. Like there's a lot of great, you know, universal that's not, you know, loved. And that's even more well known than in this movie. So anyways, the black cat is my choice for black and white horror for Halloween. Excellent. Yeah. I mean, that's uh, I mean, how can you go wrong with those two actors too? Right. I mean, that's yep. like the, 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 both of those guys are the epitome of uh, classic and, and, Halloween and uh, you know, and to your point, yeah, I mean, for the time, right. For, you know, for that time period, some of that stuff was never heard of. Right. Like and yeah. film, like that was like, what we would consider like uh, to them back in that day is like, what we consider like friggin' uh, the Serbian film these days. Exactly. Like, yeah. It's like people would cringe at that, at that idea. So I love the fact that you, you picked that um, great, great movie. Um, my black and white film. I, so this was a tough one too, because I think a lot of the films that I initially navigated to, I, I don't know if you'd really, a lot of times would classify them as horror. I think some people would, some people wouldn't. Um, so like going to like the classic, like Hitchcock, um, you know, strangers on a train, dial up for murder, um, obviously psycho. Um, yes, there's some horror elements, but I, I think more in the vein of suspense. Um, but then it clicked to me, the one that I really, uh, good black and white horror that I truly appreciate is the original Vincent Price, House of Wax. Oh, um, it's such a good movie. Um, such a great movie. I I mean, how do you A, not like Vincent Price and like almost everything he does? Um, Mask of the Red Death was, was the other one I was thinking. But um, but I really just love the House, House of Wax. It's such just a, uh, a great tale of revenge and viciousness. Um, just just set in this very unique and a very disturbing environment. Um, I, I think Price plays it off really well. And again, a lot of elements that you like are very creepy and volatile and you know not not kind of what you'd expect from from him as an actor. So um, always a, a good go-to short of the classic like monster movies like Dracula and the Wolfman and um, some of those other movies. Well, you know, um, I would say, I would argue that Vincent Price just himself is on that same level of recognizable monsters. In fact, I almost put House on Haunted Hill. There's a few Vincent Price yeah. Uh, yeah. movies. The that original were, like, 13, 13 Ghosts. The original Ghosts. 13 Ghosts was one that I thought of as well. Um, yeah, a lot of really great, classic, creepy black and white films. I almost threw you for a look and put The Lighthouse. <laughs> but, uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I figure I actually um, have only seen that once. So. Well, very cool. That's a great choice. Uh, so this next one, I, I've, I'm very curious to hear what you're going to do, how you're going to narrow this down. Uh, so for horror comedy, I mean, there's obviously some great ones, um, but I went with, to me, it's probably the most obvious decision. Um, and that's Evil Dead 2. Um, because to me, it does what most horror comedies don't do or can't do, which is be equal parts both. Because all horror comedies are more comedy than they are horror. Um, sometimes they're like a movie like, we'll say Ghoulies, uh, is horror comedy because it's funny, but mm. it's not necessarily maybe even intended to be funny. Like There's all these weird imbalances where, to me, Evil Dead 2 is both hysterically funny and genuinely scary and creepy and even gross. Um, 
it's and it to me it's there's something about evil that even i as soon as i think of the the you know the skull with with actual eyes poster the iconic you know uh profile photo of uh, of the skull uh poster um i just think of halloween i i it just there's something so traditionally creepy and spooky about it and obviously it's evil dead 2 it's a classic for a reason um but it's just it's so perfect. It's it, it hits every point of what it wants to do. Equal parts being like a Three Stooges type movie with being a very like creepy gore fest film. Um, it's it nails everything it's trying to do. Uh, and there's some just I mean it's just minute to minute creepness. And I mean how how do you go wrong? How do you go wrong with you know with Bruce Campbell as Ash? How do you go wrong with like Sam Raimi's like Alfred Hitchcock on drugs directing style. Like it's everything is perfect. So, um, and like I said, there's a ton of, I mean, especially around Halloween, there's so many great horror comedies, but to me, like this one was like, I wanted to choose a horror comedy that actually scared me. So I went with evil dead too. Yeah, no, uh, great, great call. I, my, my first thought of horror comedy was, uh, evil dead Two: dead by dawn. Um, yeah, Bruce Campbell. I mean, he's, he's just, he's so funny. It's so endearing. Um, it's hard not to like just laugh at his style of humor and like doing all his own stunts. Stunts. He's just uh, it's great. I mean, even even him and Bubba Hotep uh, is great. And I just synonymously think of Bruce Campbell and like horror comedy that goes together. This was one that was hard because there's a, there's a lot of in my, in my opinion a lot of really funny like horror movies that are out there um, or like horror comedies and. So to narrow it down to one that I I, I find like really iconic um, was was tough, but I think the one that really sticks out in my mind that one scared the shit out of me as a kid just before I even watched it, but two also made me laugh hysterically when I watched it uh, was Dead Alive, uh, Peter Jackson. See, um, we're on. The, yeah, I feel like those two, Dead Alive and Evil Dead Two, are almost like sister movies. Like, that's what I say. That when you yeah. said when you said Evil Dead, I was like, oh man, I got like the I got the New Zealand version of, of that with a uh, very much with, with Dead Alive. But I remember seeing the cover art with the woman's face and her mouth open and the uh, the skull, and I always thought like, man, that looks so creepy. I don't want to watch that when I was a kid. And then when I finally watched it, you know, between just the iconic lines of like, I, I kick ass for the Lord. Um, or, you know, just mowing all the zombies down with a, uh, you know, the lawnmower, uh, the, lawnmower, the, 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 uh, rat, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, like the, the pustule that gets in the soup and there's just so many oh. gross o- over the top, but yet funny moments. I mean, who, I mean, honestly, like what better metaphor at the end of the day than like somebody fighting to get out from the thumb of their mother than have it like having to fight their oversized zombie mother. But like tits hanging out um, for the love of your 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 first true love, um, yeah, just such a great movie. And I think because of the, I mean, the zombie baby. I at that point never seen a zombie baby. The only other time I saw a zombie baby after that was the Return of the uh, the Night of the Dawn Living of the Dead. Dawn of the Dead. Thank you. I can't think today. Dawn of the Dead remake. Um, but before that, just really, really was unheard of. And the thing was, it looks so ridiculous. It's like a garbage pail kid. Yeah, there's so many elements that, that made me laugh, but at the same line too, there were definitely some like pretty scary elements in there um, for a zombie movie. It wasn't anything like I, I'd ever seen. It wasn't a Return of the Dead. It wasn't 
Um, it wasn't Dawn of the Dead. It was something entirely different. Um, and kind of opened the world to me for like kind of the, the style of Peter Jackson and that like bad taste type type of uh, um, shooting style. So yeah, one that always gives me a good laugh, but I, I definitely had some elements to it that that scared me as a kid. So it's fun. It's funny because as I think about it, first off, there's a lot of parallels in the careers of both uh, Sam Raimi and Peter Jackson, where they start off doing low budget schlock, kind of like goofy, funny gross movies and then eventually went on to do big trilogies obviously you know with sam raimi with spider-man and peter jackson it was lord of the rings with how they yeah. both you know would then you know have done horror in between there and i think still the horror films are their best whether it's whether it's uh no i wouldn't i mean lord of the rings trilogy is still amazing but um but yeah, and then if you in the same vein i can think of two separate scenes each one of from each film whether like an evil dead's version it is when you know uh that sort of ray harryhausen stop motion like she comes out of the grave and like her body's a skeleton and she's doing the dance and uh or you know at the end of uh uh dead alive where he's fighting the the zombie sphincter and it's like both (laughs) scenes are both genuinely funny and entertaining but also unbelievably creepy and scary and gross and like It's a hard dynamic. You, you usually, if you're going to do one, you're going to probably tip, you know, the scales in one one direction or the other. But both those scenes perfectly capture what why they're both great. Because yes, it's gross and silly and a little like, you know, ridiculous. But at the same time, it's well the way it's done is it's truly disturbing and scary and creepy and yeah. yeah fun fun fact too: both uh, Sam Raimi and Peter Jackson have both had movies where there's or shows that have uh, had a, a killer sphincter. And um, so in Ash vs. Evil Dead, um, there's a scene where he, he's in the morgue and he gets attacked by that's right. Yes, you're a, right. A dead eye, and he gets his head like that's stuck actually up a really eye. memorable scene. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, oh man, like that's. So I do think that, to your point, they're like they're very much like sister films. They yeah. draw off each other. And I think they they play off their that style. But again, uh, very funny. Both both uh, a great sense of humor and it went on to great things. So um, and two, yeah. two of the two of the movies that were most formative to a young James. So absolutely. Likewise. I'm, I'm excited, man. That's it's a good list. You know, I'm, I'm excited to, uh, to kick off. So next week we're going to do, uh, we're going to do 11 through 15, which will have a family friendly horror. We'll have some gory horror. We'll have some sci-fi horror, uh, psychological horror. And, uh, James, I think your favorite giallo horror. Uh, some giallo, which there are some giallos that were in the uh, running here for a slasher movie, but I'm like, nope, I'm going to save that for the giallo. So, like pieces, like pieces, and that's funny. If you see my list, I wrote down. Even though pieces was an American film that just had an Italian director, uh, I crossed out uh, my Bloody Valentine and pieces, uh, and went with Funhouse. But pieces was on there. So pieces is a is a movie that I think of you, James, when. I think for the movie pieces, that's a, I, it's a it's a high honor. So I appreciate that. <laughs> no problem. Well, all right, guys. Very very good conversation. Very great lists. Uh, I expect nothing but the best, and we always deliver. Uh, but yeah, you know, um, if you enjoyed today's conversation, or if you think uh, your list is a, a tad bit different, you can follow us on Twitter and on Instagram at Tank Rod Pod. Uh, that's T-A-N-K-R-O-D-P-O-D. 
And uh, yeah, don't forget to follow us on uh, Spotify uh, and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review. Uh, we've enjoyed the conversation and thank you so much for listening and your continued continued support. Big shout out to Germany, Russia, and the United Kingdom for giving us a listen this month. Uh, we don't know where you came from or how you found us, but we really do appreciate it. Um, but yeah, any last sentiments before we go, guys? Uh, no, uh, just Tank, I just want to remind you that you said you were going to start watching more horror movies so that you could participate in these talks, so I yes. hope that happens. Well, I hope you take our list and start watching it, stuff. It is, it is on the to-do list. Uh, I tell you what, well, you know what, we'll start that next week. I'll, I'll talk about the stuff that we watched and since we are coming to a close. Uh, but I, you know, I'm very I tell you what, I'll participate in a couple of them on the list here. I'll sneak in, okay. I'll sneak in uh, a few of them and uh, let you know uh, which one. Sounds good. I look forward to it. Yeah, I, yes, I, I, definitely. I look forward to it as well. Um, there's enough. Uh, i got to find some time to watch these movies. Uh, but you know what? Uh, I'll make it happen, Captain. But yeah, again, thank you again for listening. I'm Tank Rodriguez for Dirty Derek, Jimothy James Dean. We'll see you next time. Peace. Bye-bye. Peace.